0: All right, guys. Welcome back to Teen Talks. I'm your host Trey Vela. We are teens on a mission. So glad you're here with me today. We are back for Second Timothy. If you haven't already watched the First Timothy episodes or listened to them, make sure to go ahead and do that. That way you can kind of get caught up where we are. Um, that way we don't have to do a ton of explaining with history and all that. You can just go ahead and watch all First Timothy or listen to First Timothy. Um, make sure to go check out all of the links in the description for Spotify, for Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen um, to your podcasts. So first of all, as you may see, we now have a shirt So I'm gonna play this quick clip, that way you can kinda see all the details, all it has, and that way you can kinda see what it looks like. see the shirt is fire. I'm so glad God gave me the design. Um, all glory to him. He made everything work out the way it needed to. Um, so yeah that's the shirt. I love it. So let's go ahead and get it started with Second Timothy. All right so chapter one, Second Timothy here we go. So verse one through two is the opening. it says Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus. By the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know this is second Timothy. Let me go back to first Timothy. Um, it says the very first part again, verse 1 Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of our God and Savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Then verse 2 to Timothy, my true son, of faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the first two verses, the openings are pretty much the same. Um, not much really to explain there. If you want to learn more about Paul, make sure to go check out the very first episode with chapter 1 of 1 Timothy. Or if you want to go read um, the later chapters in Acts that has his story. So the very first part of chapter 1 is thanksgiving. So before we move on anymore, I want to stop at this. So the in case you didn't know, the original text for the Bible in the Old Testament was Hebrew. Alright? The the very, like when it was originally written, all that, it was Hebrew. The New Testament, however, is Greek. Just so you know that. So let's look at a word in the Greek for Thanksgiving, which is Eucharistia. I have to have a note because I'm not going to remember how to say it. Eucharistia. Eucharistia means to show favor for what is good. Who's good? God is good. To be thankful or full of thanks. So the prefix you means good. And there's a noun, charis, means favor or grace. So... When we hear the word Thanksgiving, maybe you think of like turkeys and ham and, you know, cranberry, all all that stuff. But Thanksgiving, right, is giving thanks. So if we break down the word Thanksgiving, the very, so the second part of Thanksgiving is giving. The first part is thanks, giving thanks. The definition, of course, is giving thanks to a person, a being, whatever. So Thanksgiving isn't just about eating turkey and ham and all that. So, thanksgiving, giving thanks. Who are we giving thanks to? We're giving thanks to God. So it says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did. With a clear conscience as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and now lives in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So, as we can see, you know, obviously, you know, he's he's talking to Timothy. He's like, I thank God that you know our paths crossed and I got to meet you. And later we'll see how he prayed over him, but so I want you to notice that part. It says which first lived in your grandmother which who first lived the holy spirit which first lived in your grandmother lois and in your mother eunice so when we hear that when i hear that as i was you know praying for this message you know reading and all that it god showed me that like your decisions now can affect your children your grandchildren your great grandchildren all the generations that are going to come from you your decisions now can affect them It will affect your future. It will affect their future. It will affect their children's future and their children's children. their children's 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 future. Like there's so much that happens from you. So if you seek the Lord with all you have now, like his grandmother, Lois, she sought the Lord with all she had and it passed on to her daughter. And now it's passing on to his, I'm sorry, to her grandson, Timothy right so think about your think about not only your future but your children's future and your grandchildren's future and so on all the generations if you drink now if you say well it's just one time it's my body my choice no it's not because you have children they're going to come from you you have generations that are coming from you what you do now will affect generations remember that so if you seek the Lord with all you have, and you seek God, you're, you're constantly praying to Him, you're reading your Bible, you're setting an example of a godly person, and your children see that, they're most likely going to want that too. They're going to see how blessed you are. They're going to see just how kind of a person you are. They're going to be like, I want that. I want what you have. And that's not just for your children. That goes for everybody around you. That goes for the way you act out in public, in church, in your home, in private, whatever. However you act, people are going to see that. You know, there's a saying that said people aren't going to remember what you wore last week, you know, what you looked like last week, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. I want people to feel just joy when they're around me and just feel like they just feel peace when they're around me and they just desire to be around me because I just give them peace and joy and they can just feel the Holy Spirit through me. That's what I want. I don't want people to dread being around me. You know, I don't want people to do that. So verse 6, so we're starting the next part, which is appeal for loyalty to Paul and the gospel. My notebook fell, or not notebook, my note card fell because I got verses on there. So it says, verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. All right, I'm excited for this part. As you can see, so for, I'm gonna read it again. I want you to try and remember. If you've, you know, heard about, if you uh, listened during First Timothy, see if you remember something. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. Let's go back to First Timothy chapter four, verse fourteen, which says, "Do not neglect your gift." which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So obviously Timothy's had, like, he's been prayed over, like, for real, like, legit. He has been had people lay hands on him. Like, he's good, like, he's on fire. Like, he, he has had fire put on him by the body of elders. Then Paul himself says, by my own hands. So before that, it says, fan into flame the gift of God, which was given to you through the laying on of my hands. So when you, when people lay hands on you, for actually, before we go any farther, remember, um, it says, uh, chapter 5, verse 22, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. So be careful who you lay hands on. But back to what I was saying, you know, Paul... And the body voters, they lay hands on him, right? They give him these gifts. They're praying over him. So he is, you know, he is an example for the, for the youth, for his youth group, for the people that are around him for, you know, when he goes on sports teams and all that. If we put it in, like in today's context, when he goes to football, basketball, soccer practice, when he goes to church, when he goes to youth group, when he's on Instagram, when he goes on social media, he's an example to people. He's not bringing people down. He's bringing people up. He's not tearing people down. But the main thing here, it says, fan into flame the gift of God, which was given to you. So say I have a project, right? I've got to build a, I don't know, a tower. I got to build like, I don't know. Let's say I have to build a porch, a deck, whatever. And I have to have a hammer and nails and wood to build that. Well, if I have the nails and the wood and, I and you know, they gave me, they gave me the hammer as well, but I don't use it, it's going to be hard to build that deck. Like, that's going to be hard because I'm not going to have the nail. I'm not going to have the hammer to put in the nails to the wood. And that hurts, hitting nails, like hitting, you know, nails with your hand. Like, that's going to hurt, right? That's why there's a thing called a hammer. So, you... If you let the hammer sit on your workbench and rust, what was the point in having it? That's why when you're giving gifts from the Holy Spirit, you have to use them. You can't be ashamed of your gifts. You can't be ashamed of these things. We're going to get into like being ashamed of things later on as well, but he's saying, Fan into flame the gift of God which was given you. Use the gifts God has given you. Don't let them sit and rust, guys. Don't let people look down on you because you are young, all right? That's on the back of the shirt, as we saw. That's First Timothy uh, 4.12. Guys, don't let people look down on you because of your age, all right? There's no junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can light you up just as much as he can some preacher with a couple hundred people in his church and, you know, that prays really loud and screams on the, you know, he screams and all that. You know, he can light you up just as much as he can them. Just because you're 13, 14, whatever, or younger, it doesn't matter, guys. If you've been given a gift, use it. If you're in public school, if you're in your youth group, maybe your youth group's not really that great, and it needs prayer. Pray for them. Pray over those people. Be an example to people. There's too many echoes in this world. There's not enough leaders. That's why the world. I thought that's why the world's so messed up because everybody wants to be everybody else. Nobody wants to be a leader. Nobody wants to be different. Nobody wants to stand up and say, "No, I don't believe in that. That's not biblical. I'm not going to do that because that's not what the scripture says to do." Right? So as we continue on. For the Spirit of God, like we were just talking about, the Spirit of God gave us, I'm sorry, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We have to be bold in this life. If you're going to be a true Christian, if you're going to be a disciple, you have to be bold. Because it even says the Spirit of God does not make us timid. It gives us power, love, and self discipline. Y'all, we have to be on fire for God. We have to be just bold for Him. The world has enough echoes. It's time for us to start having leaders. We've got to start having leaders. All right, so do not, so verse 8 says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, His prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So I was, as I was praying for this episode, as I was, you know, I'm sitting in my spinning chair, like, just thinking. God puts on my heart that, like, there's people listening right now that are ashamed of what God's brought you through. Maybe you had addictions. You were addicted to pornography, drugs. You were a prostitute. You were, you know, Chasing the world, you were, I don't know, you fill in the blank. I feel like God's saying that it's okay to tell people what you've been brought through. The devil despises, he despises when we share our testimonies. That's why he's shaming you. Guys, there are people that are listening right now. I believe you've been brought through some amazing things. I will openly share. I was addicted to pornography. God freed me from that. God's freed me from lust. I was a very prideful person. I would lie about everything. And God's brought me through that. You know, I, he's, he's, He has showed me that being humble is so much better. And it's so much easier if you just be humble. The outcome is so much better if you're humble. And he showed me that, you know, you say you love your mom and dad, but you sit and lie to him. You say you love God, but you'll lust on my daughters. God's daughter. That's what I'm saying like, like every single woman, it, you are a daughter of the king. And that's what he was telling me at, at uh, our student retreat and, you know, throughout the week and all that was like, if you lust on my, like you say you love me, but you lust on my daughters. You lust on my creation, but you say you love me. And that hit me so hard. But back to what I was saying, don't don't be ashamed of what God's brought you through. Share what God's brought you through. If you really want to hurt the devil and you really want to pierce him, share your testimony. Don't be ashamed of what you've been brought through. Guys, it gives me joy when I hear that people have been brought out of out of alcohol addictions, drug addictions, you know, being a prostitute, being an adulterer, whatever. It it gives me joy knowing that God's brought them out of that. I love hearing those stories because it keeps me just it, it just gives me so much joy and it just the Holy Spirit's just like that's why you need to stay with me. Because remember, if you didn't have me, you would have still been stuck in that lifestyle of pornography. You would have been stuck in that lifestyle of pride and lying and cheating about everything, every little thing. Don't be ashamed of what God's brought you through. It says, um, "It also talks about." Um, let me find it again. Uh, Do not be ashamed, testament member, our Lord or me, his, but rather join with me in suffering for the gospel. So we got a lot. Man, this is just verse 8. Man, we got so much for this. All right. So I want to take you to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4. I have a couple of verses uh, God had led me to on suffering. I have four different verses. So Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, Not only so... But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So if you're suffering, you know that you should have joy, which is going what we're going to see later, joy in your suffering because what you what, what you're suffering for now is going to give you so many rewards in heaven. So let's go to uh, Romans 8:18. 8, that says, "I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us." First, so as you, so, First Peter two twenty one says, "To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps." Jesus suffered for us, so let me let me go back so. Literally, you know, we, th- we see through the Bible, Jesus tells us that we need to follow His footsteps. We need to follow His example. Jesus suffered, right? You know, we just want to do the part where He, you know, prays over people and preaches truth and does the message and brings healing. We just want to do that part. We don't want to suffer, though. I'm just saying, we don't want to suffer. That's I'm talking to myself, we don't want to suffer. He says straight up. Because Christ suffered for you, you should follow in his steps. You should suffer every single day. You should pick up your cross. You should be suffering for God. Uh, 1 Peter 4 14 says, Let me, that's okay. So, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory in God rests on you. That's kind of a weird verse. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. I'm being, you know, made fun of and you know, people in, you know, foreign countries that are being put in jail and given barely any food and no clothes and living in jail cells, God's saying you're blessed. Wow. That's uh that's a odd verse, you know. So let's go back to uh second Timothy. So After we finish verse 8, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So verse 9 says, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Called us to a righteous life, not a life of sitting around lusting, not a life of sitting around um you know, like sinning and you know doing nothing with our lives, just sitting around watching TV and doing nothing, not healing the sick, raising the dead clear cleansing the leper, I'm sorry, cleansing the leper, healing the sick, casting out demons, um praying for the lost, you know that's that's he's saying called us to a holy life. if we're sitting around doing nothing, all right, if we're not going, if we're not praying to the Lord, cleansing the leper healing the sick, casting out the demons, praying for the homeless, praying for the wicked, praying for people, intercessing for people. That's not, if, if, you're, if you're not doing those things, that's not, a, that's not a holy life that He's calling us to. We're supposed to live a life of purity. And purity is not just um, sexual sin. It's living a life without sin. That's what purity is because sin makes us dirty. So if sin is dirty, right? If something's pure, something's clean, it's whole. it's you know there's no blemish, nothing. That's the kind of life we're supposed to live is a pure life. So remember purity is not just sexual sin, it's sin in gen- in, you know, in general. So in general. so as we see here it says, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immorality to light through the gospel. Not much to really explain there. He says straight up, he's like, he's destroyed death. Christ Jesus has destroyed death. So verse 11, and of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet, he says straight up, yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Until he goes to heaven, Paul's saying, until I go to heaven, I'm going to suffer for him. And I know that every single treasure I've stored up in heaven, I know it's safe. And I know that when I get up there, He's going to give it to me and it's going to be huge. A huge reward. What you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So, you can't do things on your own. You have to have the Holy Spirit. If you want to have a pure life, if you want to live a life that's righteous and you want to live a holy life, you need the Holy Spirit. So the very last part is examples of disloyalty and loyalties. So as we'll see, this is the importance of friendship. All right, these guys' names. I'm gonna go ahead and say. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I am not gonna be able to pronounce them. So if I say them wrong, just bear with me. You say however you want to say it, but I'm just gonna call them what it looks like. All right. So you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygellus and Hermogenes. I bet if I said that to his face, he would laugh at me. Okay. May the Lord show mercy to the household, especially this guy, one Sepphorus, to the household of one Sephorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he has helped me in Ephesus. So, as we see that uh, one Sephorus, this guy, he, um, he wasn't ashamed of Paul. He helped him, he provided for him, he gave him these things. You know, Phy- Phygellus and Hermogenes, they, they were ashamed, obviously, of where he was at, his change, what he looked like. You know, once the forest didn't care, he still went to him. He talked to him. He did his best. He searched hard for him. He said, and now Paul said, may the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well how he's helped me in Ephesus. So we see that friendship is very important. And if you have a friend that, you know, maybe you're there for them, but they're not there for you. I don't. That's not a true friendship. Because, you know, loyalty goes both ways. If I'm loyal to you but you're not loyal to me, there's not total loyalty in that friendship. same if you're loyal to me and I'm not loyal to you right vice versa and all that. so make sure if you if you call people friends, make sure that they actually are friends so let me let me say this um, so there here's how I label people you know there's acquaintances. Or buddies. That's what I call them. There's buddies, there's friends, there's close friends, and there's brothers. A buddy is someone you just talk to. Maybe you dab him up. You ask him how the week's been, and you know you talk about the latest NFL game, NBA game, sports game, whatever. Talk about sports and all that. Then there's a friend that you know. You go up and you just know each other. Like you really like you know each other better. Like it's kind of like. You know, I have a friend that I know better than someone else, right? There's one of my friends. I know him really good. He's a close friend, right? I would consider him a brother because we're close friends. Then I have other people that were friends. Like, you know, we help each other out with certain things, with our issues. You know, we try and give each other, like, give each other, you know, scripture, all that. Then I have buddies I just talk to, just to talk to, you know, just hang out with them sometimes. But friends and close friends and brothers. You know, brothers is very hard to find nowadays. You're not going to have, you know, four or five brothers. That's not the way it's going to work. We're talking about friendship, not like siblings. Like like friendship-wise, you're not going to have like five close friends. If you are, that's great. That's wonderful. But that's super, super rare. All right. I have tons and tons of buddies. I have a couple friends. And I only have very I have very few close friends and I have only like two two three brothers two two brothers I have two brothers that's that's it I have close friends and i have i like I said I have a ton of buddies you know I just go up talk to them whatever but there's only there's only two people that I trust just to talk to just about anything anything I know I can talk to them he can, they can talk to me we you know we can talk about you know sports and all that, but you know we still have times where we just share things God's brought us through. We know how to help each other. You know they get we give each other wisdom what we've been brought through. How to help one another. That's so that's what loyalty. So that's that's the examples of disloyalty and loyalty. So make sure um, I feel like there's people that listen right now that don't thank God. They ask 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 and never think. Ask, 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 and never think. God, give me this. God, give me this. God, give me this. And then when they get it, they just go on with their life. And there's people that, I feel like there's people listening right now that pray to God that are like, you know, I just pray for him when I need something. That's the way you pray. You pray for him because you need something. Well, like, we're supposed to start out our prayers with thank you, Lord, for, you know, you fill in a blank. I'll give you an example, like when, like, like before I go to bed, and every morning when I wake up, like that's like that's what I do is just thank God. I might pray for you know little random things, but it's like I start out my day. I just thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Thank you for giving me another day. Thank you for giving me another day to serve you. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for being able to, you know preach what you put in my heart thank you that i get to show light to other people thank you etc like and i end out my day with thank you for bringing me through this day thank you for keeping me healthy thank you for keeping me safe thank you for the angels that were around me i just you know just just things like that and then you know maybe like at a nighttime before i go to bed before i go into a thanksgiving kind of prayer that's when i might pray for you know i'll pray for people i'll be praying for the message i'll be praying you know whatever So maybe you don't know exactly how to thank God. So I want to take you, hopefully I can find it pretty quick, um, Psalm 106. I'm sorry, no, 136, my bad. Psalm 136, literally this whole chapter is about giving thanks. And every single one ends with his love endures forever. His love endures forever. So the, I'm only going to read a couple. It says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To Him alone who does great wonders. Who by His understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. the sun to The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. To Him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them. Like, it just goes on and on and on. And that's a good one to read if you want to read, like, you know, how do I thank God? Maybe you don't know how to pray for thank like, do thanksgiving in your prayer. And that's totally fine. Totally fine. Maybe you're a newer believer and you don't really know. Go check out Psalm 136. That's a really good one. Psalms, honestly, Psalms, though, is just full of thanksgiving. Like, you can just read through that and there's just so much thanksgiving. It's a really good book if you want to learn how to pray, if you want to see how, you know, David and... All the, all the other people that wrote it, ASAP, all them, you know, they're, they're good to see. Like, just read what they've, like, just the passion they have for God is just amazing. It's unreal, the passion they have. But, God, that's all I have for today. Um, thank you for listening. I hope this blesses you. Make sure to share it. Make sure to let me know what you think about it. Um, uh, thank you, guys, for supporting. Um, this is Second Timothy. Hopefully, we'll get to Titus. Um, If we don't do Titus, then 2 Timothy will be the end of Season 2. But if we get to Titus, once we do Titus, that will be the end of Season 2. And then we'll have Season 3 whenever God says, all right, it's time for Season 3. But, guys, thank you for listening. Make sure to share it. Make sure to like it, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. Um, Follow me on Instagram, and we will see you next week.